Yeah. What's poppin' everybody? It's student Dr. Aldwin. We are mad excited to share with y'all our first in-person live show of the lounge that took place at SNMA's annual medical education conference. We really enjoyed the vibes, the energy, people was pulling up with questions, being really interactive, and really engaging with us, basking in the black excellence of conference attendees, and really being able to speak to and with y'all. So we hope you enjoy listening back on these moments from AMEC. Yes, sir. SMA presents the lounge live. Uh, whether you're in the student lounge, doctor's lounge, or lounging around at home, get ready to join SMA for meaningful conversations on topics affecting minorities in medicine and groups that often sit at the margins of healthcare. So I'm student Dr. Isabella. I'm an MS2 a Penn. Um, and I think I speak for all of us when I say that we are so excited to be able to put on this show live. We typically do this from our homes with our mics in the comfort of our houses. So to be able to do this live is really a privilege. Um, and this session, we've been doing our introductions with icebreakers. And so we and our audience get to know us a little bit better. We're all here at this conference because we want to are pursuing medicine. But if you weren't pursuing medicine, what exactly would your dream job be? So um, once again, I'm student Dr. Isabella. For me, I would be like a travel journalist full time. Like I love traveling. Um, I love storytelling. So I would want to do that for like, yeah, like a full time job. I probably still will do that. Like even after I finish medical school, but that's like what I would just be doing. Like, yeah, that's definitely what I would choose. Let you all be. Oh yeah. What's good everybody? Um, student Dr. Aldwin, Dr. Poppy, Bronx Neuro underscore D-O, Enriching Doc. BX on Twitter, all of that. That's all my names, my pet names we out here. But um, if I wasn't pursuing medicine, I'd probably be like a aeronautic engineer. I've always been into space, so I'd be flying out there with Tesla. I mean, with, uh, I don't know, I just love space, man. I just like being up there. So, yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. How about you, Skanda? Yeah, so I am student Dr. Skanda. I'm not normally one of the hosts on the podcast. I actually be behind the scenes as an executive producer, but unfortunately, student Dr. Erica was not able to make it out to the session, so you know, I'm filling in for her a little bit. So for me, if I wasn't pursuing medicine, I think my dream job would be a dancer, so that's kind of one of my favorite What kind of dancer? <laughs> so I did ballet for a long time, so I probably would do something that was like ballet or contemporary, but I just love dancing and I do a lot of yoga these days, you know, just like body movement and like being able to tell stories through your body, I think is really amazing. And there's so many opportunities in dance, you can be in a company, you can travel with artists. And so I think if I wasn't pursuing medicine, that's what I would do. Yeah. How about y'all? Let's hear from a couple audience members who aren't too shy. If um, you weren't pursuing medicine, what would your dream job be? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and introduce yourself and where you are coming from and what year you are. Okay. Well, <laughs> greetings and humble salutations. I'm Aaliyah Brown from the illustrious Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. If I was not pursuing medicine, yes. I would be within the space of narrative medicine. It's a novel field. Um, yeah. And I think that it's a perfect 
perfect place. Um, like student Dr. Isabella, I found that my space has always been at the intersectionality of advocacy and patient care, and narrative medicine is that bridge of offering opportunities for patients to really be illuminated in their experiences, in their truths, and kind of being a better physician listener is very important to me. So I think narrative medicine and writing and creative streams are the way to go in the future of medicine. So that's where I would be. I could hear the narration in your voice. You ever thought about voice acting? You know, all the I have. she had the work. Podcast session learning from Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, how do we hear from somebody else? Hello, I'm Alexandria Adigan, and I also go to Penn with Isabella, but I'm originally from Houston, Texas. Um, if I wasn't in medical school, I would be a lifestyle blogger. I'd probably hey. write for like Cosmopolitan or have some like blog about cooking. Um, I just find it's really therapeutic and fun. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Anybody else want to share? Hey, awesome. <laughs> we got five people. Everybody can share. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm Khadija Sampson. I'm a OMS3 at BCom Virginia. And I guess hey. if I wasn't pursuing medicine, I would consider something in the culinary arts. Dope. I love to eat. I love to cook for my family and friends. And I think food just has a positive way of bringing people together. So, so what are we having for Thanksgiving? We pulling up. What's on the menu? <laughs> I got you. I heard you. <laughs> Great, thank you all for sharing. Let's get into it. Well, you guys know what time it is. What time is it? It's time to run the list. <laughs> <laughs> so for our preclinical students, running the patient list on the wards allows the team to address pressing matters of the day. In this segment of the show, we'll be discussing some recent events in medicine and beyond affecting our communities and the populations we serve. Just a reminder that our opinions do not necessarily reflect the stance of SNMA. Just a reminder that our opinions, let me say that again. Now nah, I think I heard it enough. <laughs> but just so y'all know, don't get it twisted or confused how we feel about situations, not necessarily how SNMA feels about situations. So as what was just done, we'll be asking y'all some questions during this event. And we're not usually in front of the audience, so we'd love to have a conversation with y'all. We switching it up, because usually it's just me and my co-host and my wonderful EP on the vibes, on the video. But now we get an opportunity to include you guys on the podcast and welcome you into our family, even though y'all really family, but y'all podcast family now, <laughs> official. <laughs> so with that being said, as you guys know, Match Day just pulled up. And me and my homie, my EP right here, we matched. So shout out to everybody that matched. You know what I mean? Let me just specify. So Alden matched Neuro at UConn. And Skendo matched Ophthalmology at UC San Diego. So they're they're going places. When I leave clerkship here, I hope to be able to say the same thing. Nah, you definitely gonna make it. Like you, you gonna you setting the standard, you know. And uh, we were talking about this earlier, but over forty thousand people applied for the match, and uh, thirty nine thousand people, you know, actually got a position. And we also want to give a shout out to even if you did not match, we want to still celebrate you and admire you because you put in the work. And no matter what, you're still a doctor. It may not be that you ended up in residency this year, but you will end up in residency in someone's hospital next year or the year after. I mean, I know somebody that applied to plastic surgery three times. She's here. She a DO. 
But she in Miami doing her thing. Y'all see her pull up to our event on Saturday. You'll see her. But anyway, regardless, shout out to Match Day Heads. We here. Here. Yes, yes. <laughs> like Alvin said, you know, this whole process has really been a lot. Applications, interviewing, it's just really a time. So, you know, congratulations to everybody who made it on the other side. And like everything happens for a reason. So no matter where you ended up, whether you mash or didn't mash, like you're still successful. Like everything is gonna work out and you are going to end up where you need to be. So again, congratulations to all the fourth years and you know, to everybody else. I hope this is like inspiration for y'all to keep going because med school is also hard, but you know, you're gonna be on the other side. <laughs> and with all that black excellence being said, there is even more black excellence happening outside of a medicine standpoint. So if you're not like me, who's like, I don't look at the news these days, I don't listen, like I'm busy, and I just try to keep in the loop with Twitter, Instagram, but everyone knows that Justice Katanji Brown Jackson has recently been appointed the first black woman on the Supreme Court. So that's a very big deal. It's 2022 and we, like, it took this long for that to happen. And so we just want to shout out to, uh, give a shout out to her. Um, it's crazy because like so much happened during that time. She was disrespected like on a lot of hearings. She won by a very narrow margin. It was like 53 to 47. So one of her Republican friends probably, you know, had to pull, do something and vote on the other side. And that's like a big deal. That kind of speaks to, uh, the fact that she probably really belonged where she did belong where she um where she is now and so yeah i mean i mean unless all of you have anything else to say before we ask the audience our question about this topic yeah i had to say it took over 250 years for a black woman to be in her position and i'm just so excited elated and Engage with what's happening now. We are experiencing a historic moment. And think about all those beautiful black women out here, beautiful black girls that are aspiring to do something greater than themselves, aspiring to inspire other people. And Supreme, Supreme Court, uh, Court Justice Katanji is setting the standard that's never been set before. And think about it, in the history of Senate, there's only been two black women that's ever served in the Senate. Kamal Harris won. And we had another one, uh, Carol, uh, Carol uh, I forgot her last name, but it was in 1993. And there's only been 20 black women that have served in executive state positions in the history of the United States. So this is something different. This is calling to action our black women and our black men to unite and collaborate together so that we are in these political arenas so that we can make change. How do we diversify and create representation when we're in, we don't even have a seat at the table? Mm -hmm. Now we got a seat at the table and now we can manifest the change we want to see into the world. Yeah, we do have a question for the audience. Um, so we want to know what does this historical moment um, of Justice Jackson's confirmation mean for you on a personal level? And please reminder to introduce yourself, what school you go to, and what year you are. Did you just put her on? She, she didn't raise her hand, but I like that. She just pulled up on her, like, okay, do you think, though? That's my homie. So oh, okay. Okay. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Ola Muhammad. I am not in school right now. So I graduated with my bachelor's from UF, and then I got my master's at Barry. And so I'm in my growth year. I love that. Yes. Um, and so I guess seeing everything that's going on in the media, like this was very like powerful. And obviously, you know, we're here for a med conference. Um, any type of change on any type of level where you're seeing more black people getting into these positions of power, it's 
insubstantial. So, you know, it's going to push all of us to do something better for everybody, you know, whether that be in politics where, you know, you can make a difference on a judicial level or with us in the healthcare field where we're saving people's lives and actually taking people's feelings and emotions and everything into account. And um, I think it's a great thing. So my line sisters, they love to talk about these things in the media going on. Yep. So they, they keep me up to date, especially the ones that are in law school right now. So it's just really powerful to see like them even showing up on the news talking about the stuff that we're literally talking about in this conference room. So it's empowering and um, you know, we're all next in our own capacities. So there's Claim that. your sorority. Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. That's it. Shout out to the AKAs. <laughs> and, uh, Too bad Erica is yeah, not here, but Erica's Erica is also AK, but shout out to the AKAs and the Divine Nine. We appreciate and love ya. Yeah. Yes. Okay, next on the agenda. So we have National Autism Awareness Month. So we always talk about um, on our podcast, like what is the month medically wise are we focusing on? So what was last month again? I think National uh, la- last month was National Endometrius Awareness Month yeah. and also National Colorectal yes. Awareness Month yes. as well. So now it's uh, ASD Awareness Month. So uh, pretty much just, you know, to give some background, um, Autism spectrum disorder is a neurological and developmental disorder that affects how people learn, interact with others, communicate, learn, and behave. Um, and so in terms of stats with black people and autism, um, according to the CDC, about one in 44 children who have been identified with ASD um, uh, estimates that it's more, it's four times more common among boys than among girls. Um, so that is kind of like uh, not only like an epidemiological like statistic, but also something that we just kind of like don't really think about like who does it really affect on a larger basis especially when it comes to the black community so that is something to you know keep in mind and it's also reported to of course occur in all racial ethnic socioeconomic groups but research does show that african americans and latino children with autism are diagnosed at older ages than white children so that gives them less of an opportunity to get the proper intervention and treatment so that's you know that's especially why we want to make sure that we give um, awareness to this month yeah, even uh, for me, you know, uh, when I was on my neurology rotation a couple of years back, I remember having a patient who had uh, Asperger's syndrome, which is the higher functioning uh, on the spectrum of autism. And he relented to me how uh, so many people doubted him. You know, they made him feel uncomfortable. He dealt with instances of, you know, sexual and physical abuse. They told him that he wouldn't amount to nothing. And I told him, I sat down there with him, and I'm like, bro, no one can tell you what you can and cannot do. It doesn't matter. Your diagnosis does not exclude you from you accomplishing what you think and deem is necessary for you to be successful in this life. And we had a heart-to-heart moment. You know, uh, I shed a tear off of that experience because I still, I may never see him again, but I do recall what and how he made me feel and how I made him feel and the connect that we had off of that. And so having the awareness about autism is critically key. Um, me being a neurologist, a future neurologist and going to neurology residency, I will be seeing patients that suffer from autism spectrum disorder. And there's a variety of neuro- neurological secular that come from it. But it's also, you know, having the awareness and acknowledging that our patients aren't just the symptoms. They are human beings. They mm-hmm. deserve compassion. They deserve love. They deserve our understanding and awareness to say, 
we are here with you. And although I'm not necessarily experiencing autism, I do see and confront and acknowledge that your presence is important to me as a future clinician. So um, I implore each and every one of you, whatever patients, whatever they're experiencing, try to be there with, with them and meet them where they're at, you know, and don't exclude them just because they have a diagnosis that society deems, oh, he's weird, he's awkward. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you should get to know this person and they'll change your life. Mm-hmm. I also want to acknowledge, you know, like the intersection of mental health issues and yes. violence, like state violence, particularly with people of color, black people. You know, we see in the news all too often, you know, black violence or violence against black individuals, particularly by the state, particularly by the police. But so many of those um, individuals, um, both black and of other races, are dealing with mental health issues. And, you know, we choose to incarcerate them and inflict violence violence upon them instead of trying to meet them where they're at and trying to, you know, reshape society so that people who have all sorts of mental health conditions or all sorts of kind of mental capacities can thrive in this society. So, you know, that's just something that I really want to bring up there because I'm passionate about that too. And I'm excited to see what you do in neurology also, you know, supporting these people and, you know, going out into the community and changing the community for the better for these people too. So... Yes. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. I mean, I already had ideas, barbershop, like you know, going to the barbershops and creating like, you know, clinics and connecting, especially with black men and things of that nature with my residency program. So it's on the up and up. Wait, wait and see in Hartford. Actually, next year, AMEC is going to be in Hartford. So yeah, I'm, some of y'all here, y'all going to be coming to some of the community events I'm setting up. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. I mean. So kind of speaking of violence and, you know, state violence, um, something that... <laughs> pretty noteworthy that's happened recently is the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act was passed um, on March 29th, 2022, so very recently. It was signed into law after 100 years of proposed legislation, so lynching is now officially considered a hate crime. Crazy that it took so long, but you know, we're just going to take our wins and move on with it. Mm -hmm. So basically anyone who conspires to perpetrate a lynching that results in significant harm or death faces now a maximum punishment of 30 years in jail. So you know, it's all about progress. We're obviously not where we need to be um, in terms of all of these situations, but it's nice to see that there is kind of a step forward in legislation and you know i'm i'm waiting to see how this is actually you know put into practice like if yeah. you know they're actually going to enforce this law because that's something different from it being signed into legislation right but it's a good thing that you know we even have this law now and like i said crazy that it took so long right yeah, yeah i mean just piggybacking off of that like yeah like we don't need to go into just the fact that there's so many like barriers being broken at this point in time when it's been going on for so long. Um, I think it's ridiculous that it took this long, but I mean, once again, we're, we're grateful and we're celebrating all of our wins. On that vein, um, going into another subject with this recent event that's happened also to a black man, um, I don't know if I want to compare it to Emmett Till. That might be a, that might be a stretch. Nah, because, I ain't comparing that. Yeah, because... Because I don't know really what went down in this situation. This is the situation with uh, Christian Toby uh, Abumsali with he, the guy who had a white girlfriend who fatally stabbed him. Um, 
I read the article with the little time that I have to read things outside of what I'm doing, and it, it seems like, <laughs> like, it seems like the girlfriend was claiming self-defense, um, saying that some friends who were in the relationship were saying that they saw uh, that they kind of had a rocky relationship, that they were fighting a lot, all of that, um, and but the family kind of said like, oh, he was never like that, like we don't know where it's like where this is coming from. She, it's like apparently she had bruises. I think on her arms and her legs, so it, it's giving like uh, what's the name of that football player? Um, oh, from uh, I know what you're talking about. What, what's yeah, the, uh, some no, the black one who that killed the white woman. What's his name again? Yeah, it's giving OJ. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy how that was so hard. Like, right, like duh. Right, right. <laughs> I was bugging like, out. Right. <laughs> like, we all know him, but like, his Right, we still remember that Tahoe. Yeah. Right. So, like, yeah, it's given a lot of OJ Simpson, but this time he's dead. So, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know what to make of this. Um, it's not Emmett Till. It's, it may not be OJ, but it's definitely strange in terms of, like, we don't, it doesn't seem like we have all the evidence as to where, what happened, like, what, like, what was it self defense? Like, no one was there to witness it. But I think the a question we have for the audience, um, because apparently, like, this man who was killed he made a lot of like black or tweets about black women kind of slandering black women from like 2012 to 2015 and it you know we kind of see when sometimes when, when black men you know you can have your dating preference no one's jailing you for that but you know to kind of take it a step further and then slander someone who looks like your mom i feel like that's kind of like going a little bit overboard so we just kind of want to get an idea of um how do the black women, and maybe, you know, Kyle, you're here too, black men. How do you feel about you feel, um, right? about uh, what was said? No, it's okay. And how can, like, black men, like, protect black women in spaces where they're not traditionally respected? So that's our question for yeah, today. And, and I wanted to say a shout out to all the black women. I love y'all, Tersha. As always on this podcast, I'm always for black women and uh, the enterprise that you've created. I come from a black woman, and I hopefully will give birth to a black woman in the future and we are nothing without you so regardless uh this individual i felt slighted reading his tweets and his family came out and was like that was when he was in high school but bro it was, he was 17 20 years old and you talking about why are these black women in this class and this and that is like nah that that's still not acceptable to me you are creating self-hatred and it's hard for me to have any empathy for you in regards to i mean no one should die but it just changes my perspective a little so we would like to hear your thoughts on this yes and just a reminder your name what school you're from and what year you're in hi everyone my name is cal cal shaw um I, i'm as one at penn and um yeah, I don't really have too much. I just I have no, um, I guess, respect for people that are putting other people down, especially if they're in your own race. Um, and I think um, just as a black man in general, we have to do more to, to stand behind our black women and to really support them. So Love it. Love it. I want to, you know, push a little bit. So <laughs> what is more to you? What does that look like to you? Mm-hmm. Good question. On the spot. <laughs> hey man, get off my dog. Get off my dog. <laughs> I think just in general, um, hmm, I feel like we just need to be able to 
and in terms of support, in terms of being able to see black women in a number of different professions and, and not necessarily to discriminate that way, um, but also to be able to uh, be able to uplift them, to be able to, to talk yes. them up when we're just in regular conversations or on, on a bigger scale and just be able to, to have that going. So. And I would like to hear a response to that from the black woman, because we as black men, we want to learn, too, how to support you. And oftentimes when we look at the media, you know, you see rappers, celebrities using the B word and, you know, again, discriminating and, you know, denigrating against black women. But how can we at our level be able to encourage you and feel like you feel comforted and supported? Um, I'm Leah. I'm returning again. <laughs> and I would like to add that visibility of African-American women in positions of power and positions of leadership, you know, tying back to the Supreme Court justice and kind of having that exposure to the truth, the beauty, the elegance, the grace, the magnificence that is black women can cause a lot of people to see us in a different light. And I think a lot of that hate stems from confusion and stems from misunderstanding Correct. of what the black face is in general, regardless of their gender. So I think as black women and just being ourselves, being radiant and embracing all the things that make us unique, that changes the narrative and gets people to understand that black is beautiful. And in terms of this hate crime, sometimes we get in positions where we hate ourselves. That's a and fact. that is part of the the items that are causing division within our society, divisions within the black community. So I think a lot of it stems from loving ourselves and loving our blackness, because I'm sure that his hate for black women did not just isolate towards the gender, but towards his own blackness. Cause mm. it's hard for you to mm. hate a woman right. of your same color if you, you know, don't have some type of sentiments right. towards yourself that are also derogatory. So I think it's all about promoting blackness in a way that is true, that is promotes awareness, that promotes mental health, that promotes all the things that make us unique as people and kind of spreading that in a way that's approachable, inviting people to our communities, inviting people to our environments so they can understand and engage with us in conversation and kind of break down those barriers. So I invite people to continue to connect outside their race and continue to love themselves, whether you're black or any color, just embrace yourself and kind of spread awareness. Miss Narrative Medicine right there. Thank you guys so much for your thoughts on this. And, you know, I just want to add, you know, regardless of the sentiments that he shared towards black women, like his family said, you know, this is very tragic. Um, You know, rest in peace to him. Nobody deserves to die that way. 100%. Nobody deserves to have police just, you know, disregard what happened. Like this woman is walking free. She's partying. You know, Crazy. the detectives are like, you said it was self-defense? Sure. And we know that if the roles are reversed, no, that would not fly. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, I just really want to bring that out there that, you know, no matter what sentiments he shared towards black women, not that I feel that it was right, you know, it's just a very tragic way to die. And so rest in peace to, to Christian. So yeah, now for some some more juicy talk. You know, I feel like we've been talking about this for forever at this point. You know, it's in a couple weeks, but you know, it was the slap heard around the world. <laughs> How many times you watch that video? How many times y'all watch that video though? Yeah. Somebody said every week. <laughs> That's a fact. How many memes is coming off of that? Like. 
So with this slap, I feel like there's so many conversations that can be had. There's the conversation from the mental health aspect. There's the conversation of, you know, a, a man defending his wife. There's the conversation of, you know, black women and their hair. And like, right. there's so many ways you could spin this combo. Um, but we kind of wanted to. So we're gonna go bit by bit because I feel like there, there's if we just kind of just talk about it, we're just gonna talk in circles. There's so many things to say. So okay, let's start with mental health. So in terms of the Will and Jada and their marriage and how we've seen this uh, this how it's been kind of played out in the media Jada has the red table talk where she's kind of discussed like some of the issues they had there was August and his tell-all album I, there's been so much like regarding that relationship um, and so I think they've kind of been at the brunt of like just a lot of jokes you know recently and I guess the question is like how much do you guys think it takes before someone just kind of like just snaps like mm -hmm. it's their breaking point because they've just been scrutinized in ways and who like we can't say that you know they didn't probably bring scrutiny upon themselves right because it's it's out there like we we know what's kind of going on it's not like it's you know something that someone figured out on the fly i mean august did he is to blame for that though because he was the first <laughs> one to talk but <laughs> you know um there, there's been public scrutiny so i guess what do you guys think about just that aspect and and whether or not you guys think that played a role into will putting his hands on another fellow comedian yeah, it's like, how much can you expect for someone to take before they just, like, snap, you know? Anybody have any thoughts? Andy. <laughs> wow. I just want to say I'm the content producer for this show as well. So, um, y'all, I'm a little, like, on the teeter-totter with this because I feel like, <laughs> yes, that was very disrespectful to come up on stage and especially being in public on national TV to have the nerve to go and slap someone but at the same time. Um, you never know what someone's going through. So pushing someone's button in that way and just really picking, especially on Jada, she's been in the public media right. and scrutinized about her hair and all that. Um, I just feel like when people come to a breaking point, you, you just never know what will happen. And in Will's case, he expressed it through a slap. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, that's my take on it. Anybody else? Any other thoughts? They, I feel like most people are just talked out of this topic. Like, I probably were in your little segment of people, your family, friends, mm -hmm. talked about it, and now we just worn out with it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I definitely understand that. But even looking at this conversation, and my mom, like, cut her hair, like, two days after the actual slap. She just pulled up, like, I was I was sleeping, I missed rotations or whatever, and she pulled up to, <laughs> to, to the crib. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he pulled up to the crib and then she's like, I cut my hair. I'm like, wait, wait, what? And she took the hat off and it's like, oh, wow, mom. Like, and she just felt compelled to do that because for me, you know, beauty isn't like represented by our physicality. You know what I mean? And I love that for me, like Jada was able to be comfortable or at least is becoming more comfortable with the fact that she's suffering from alopecia. Very similar to what my mom is experiencing. Now again, going back to Will Smith and his experience of the slap, um, 
for me, like coming from Philly, like I come from New York. So how we how we move, like you disrespect me in public, you gonna get disrespected in public. You know, honestly. Now how that disrespect is gonna happen, it, it just depends on the person. Again, we don't know what his the factors were, the extent and circumstances that influence him to make that decision. Can I say that if I was in that position, would I do the same or not? No. But who am who am I to judge for individual who at that level? is experiencing all of this trauma, all the expectations to be perfect in a society where no one's perfect. So how can we expect him to be perfect as well? There is imperfection in the perfection. I always believe in that. And so we have to see him as a human being. You read his book. I, I read his book and had the opportunity to read it. And he talked about, you know, protecting, not being able to protect his mother and all of those scenarios. And I really believe, I was a psych major in undergrad and still in psychiatry that are past influences our future and we as black men one of the things that we do is we internalize our trauma and one day that trauma can erupt in many different ways so it is about learning and strategizing how do we deal with that trauma how do we advocate how do we connect how do we communicate so many times again that i walk down the block in, in the bronx and i see another black man's trauma because He's huffing and puffing. He got the energy like, yo, I'm gangster. Like, he's walking down, his shoulders up. He mad. He got the do-rag on. Like, yo, if anybody say anything to me, I'm ready to pop off. How do we change that and circumvent those traumas so that we can love, cherish, admire, collaborate, uplift, work together, and change the communities from which we represent at the end of the day? I, I have a counter. Uh, sorry. Nah, do you think? So is there anyone yeah, in this room who actually thinks that, like, Will is completely in the wrong? Andy. Partially, yeah. I, I don't okay. feel like you should go up and say Right. But I understand. I, I agree. Like I agree to the fact that yes, his emotional trauma caused him to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. But at the same time, I feel like we need to, as Black people, we need to learn how to utilize our trauma and into a different avenue, right? Mm -hmm. Like, not necessarily going up on stage and slapping somebody who's mad, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But how can you express that in a different way? Like, you could have probably car um, carpet... Um, um, Joke back? He could have, he could have, he could express that in a different way. Maybe had a conversation with him later. Right? Yeah. Um, talk to Jade and say, Jade, are you okay? Did did that affect him in some way? Like, do you need me to do something? Right. How can I support you instead of going up there and slapping him? Mm -hmm. So no, I don't agree with the slap. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I understand how trauma can affect people in different ways. Right. Okay, and now we're gonna circumvent to Jada. Um, and her side of it. So, you know, Jada has this public platform. She does the Red Table Talk. Um, she kind of puts everything out there. Um, and so sometimes when people put everything out there, we're expecting, oh, they can probably take the heat. I mean, you're putting your life out there. Uh, so, and she is deal she talked about, I remember briefly, I watched an episode where she talked distinctly about dealing with alopecia and like how she was trying to like kind of adjust to that change in her life um, and alopecia in general. So we can give like a little bit of a medical background because this is a medical podcast, but um, it is an autoimmune disease in which your cells and your immune system System surround and attack the hair follicles causing the attached hair to fall out so it's something where you right. basically you're losing your hair and you can't do anything about it um, and so she's dealing with that she talked about that briefly and now she's kind of being villainized as like the oh, some people are kind of also villainizing her as like okay she's causing all these issues in Will's life because like he went on and slapped this person because she didn't like this joke 
Um, so I guess the question is, do you guys think Jada has been treated fairly with the joke and what have people and what people have said about her after the fact, or do you think she's kind of been thrown under the bus? <laughs> Hi again, it's me, Ola. Um, so I have multiple opinions about like everything going on with this whole situation. I feel like out of the both of them, if we had to pick who was more wrong, I feel like Jada was more wrong because with, yeah, mm. I do. I know. And yes, yeah. turn the tables. I but the reason behind it is because I feel like Jada put a lot of her personal life out there for the media to go ahead and pick at it she and did. do what you want to do with the information and that's what like everybody's going to have an opinion and I feel like some things should be kept private mm-hmm. and she goes on her red table talk and talks about everything yeah. right. and she's out here like, don't do that. Like, even if you guys have problems, like, you can keep that in house. Views. Talk about that and figure that out. Whether that means going to therapy, counseling, something. But it doesn't need to be out there for the world to see. Because if you watch the clip, you've seen that Will was uh-huh. out here. I can't with the, with the audience. He was uh-huh. laughing. He laughed he after he heard the joke. Okay. And then he looked over and he saw his wife was not happy. So warranted that's why i was like okay i can see he, he's trying to step up he's like oh this, this is the time to you know i gotta stand up for my wife so i i got that problem is you know he could have easily if he wanted to he could have went up to him and said something in his ear and nobody would know what he's saying right and then after that that could if he wanted to slap that's him true. in private he could have slapped him in private he could have <laughs> had a fact. conversation right. later backstage it would still get the media talking it would still bring attention right. that's what they wanted right to whatever projects yeah. he's working on but now look he's he's banned for 10 years now Correct. which is yeah. crazy and then yeah, like that's, they that's put cool. a pause on his movie that he was working yep. on which on is Netflix. crazy yep. and i'm just right. like you, all of these consequences are happening because of Jada's reaction, and that was his reaction to her reaction. And so then, the other problem with Jada that I have, yes, you can, you can. Yeah, have run the list. Uh-huh. No, I always felt like I've been hating on. No, it. no, I agree. No, 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 you're not. It's real talk. Like, you can't, you can't sit here and do this and not take accountability. And I think that right. she's not doing that. Like, as much as she's out here, I think she came out with a statement afterwards, and she was like, "Yep, oh, I didn't want Will to do that, girl. What? Yeah, <laughs> what do you want him to do?" Like, I'm just sitting here That's like, cap, right? Right. Like, she wanted that for you, and you know, support you, which is important. Mm-hmm. But it's like now, look what's happening, and then the media, you know, going just to backtrack a little bit about how black men are seen in the media, especially like celebrities, because right. their life is publicized everywhere. Yeah. Anytime somebody bottles it in to the point to they get to their break, breaking point, then they start crying, and then they're turning into memes like you know, right. the Tyrese, can't win. everybody's yeah. memes, can't win. And Will Smith yeah. crying and yeah. getting embarrassed and hearing that his wife is having an entanglement. And maybe that's something they talked about together and, like, they have an understanding about. But now he's over here crying on the media because it's embarrassing. You know, everybody wants to envision, like, a happy relationship and right. being perfect. And, you know, I thought they were a nice couple, personally. But clearly they had their own issues. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's just a lot. Like, when you're in the public eye, like, you're a celebrity now. So your life isn't just your life. It's your life and everybody else watching you do it right. so it just adds an extra layer that you have to account for and I don't think she's doing that well personally but yeah and honestly to respond to something you said Ola because I'm a big sticker on like you can't disagree with your your partner in public that's you just don't want to do that because yeah. like 
he went up and slapped like no you didn't tell him to do that he like he very much didn't have to do that but he did it and like yeah. that's still your partner like you're not like you can't just put him under the bus after he did that for the sake of you so I highly disagree with that um, so thank you for kind of putting all that out there um, in terms of just because I want to kind of go off of that in terms of Will and like how like you spoke to they've canceled some of his projects they like mm -hmm. he, they banned him from the Oscar for 10 years are they doing too much or are they doing what they would do to some other artists who did something so another white guy who probably did like some episode um, they better not touch Bel Air that's all I have to say on this <laughs> they need to leave that show alone she love that show that's a show <laughs> that's what she loves that but yeah, how, how do you guys feel about that? Are they doing too much or are they doing enough or not enough? I mean, I'm going to answer first. I yeah. think they're doing way too much. Like, Agreed. we've seen we white men yeah, literally do the most. We've seen people be sexually assaulted on the Oscar stage, like women being groped and mm. being kissed when they do not consent to that. Jim Carrey. Laughing. Exactly. Right. Jim Carrey. Stupid guy. Was it Alicia Silverstone? Yep. Yes. And like everybody laughs, kikis, thinks it's a good time. Bro, I saw people on my timeline being like, this is the most traumatizing thing I've ever seen it's in my cap, life. Stop. Bro, acting like hey, he dog stop. walked him on stage. Right. Like, this man had to be carried what? out by an ambulance. Like, right. Like he had a seat, right? Like he had a subarachnoid or something. Right. Come on, you know, and, stop it. And Chris Rock knew what he did was wrong too because right. he braced himself for the slap. Right. You see how he didn't move. Right. right. He was ready because he, he knew. Was like, right. He knew he messed up. Like, well, I said that he. That Will Smith chose like the best stage to do it. No, no. Would I didn't. personally do that? Probably not. I but like, you know, sometimes. Talk-ish, get hit, right? And so I feel like people are really doing the most yeah. um, by like canceling on his biopics from him being banned yes. for yeah. 10 years. Exactly. Everyone just thinking that he's like this super villain now. And like this man has had a 30 plus year career that's been sparkling. Correct. And so I feel like people really took advantage of like, see even this like quote unquote good black man, he makes a mistake once and it's like, oh wow. Like, yeah. They really are right. all like this. Like they can't, keep, like they can't withhold this like violence inside right. them and like we need to like punish him to like the right. highest degree right. um to really like showcase that yeah. but i don't know what are some of the audience's thoughts hello again i'm alex and this one pen um when i saw the slap happen i think my immediate reaction was it's going to be bad for him like and knowing yeah. that he's Facts. a black man mm -hmm. yeah like it's going to be 10 times worse for you mm -hmm. i just didn't know like how bad it was going mm -hmm. to be so like seeing that he's banned for the oscars from 10 years and like all of his um, upcoming projects being like halted and you know all these different talks that he's in like completely being shut down i was like yeah they're really going to blackball him right. in a capacity that he I mean, does he deserve some punishment? Sure, he shouldn't have slapped Chris Rock on stage, whatever the case may be. I understand like why he did it, um, but I definitely think the reaction is way stronger because he is a black man in America. Right. And if a white man would have done something like this, or like we have seen examples in the past where they've done things that are not okay, they are not punished to the same extent. Right. So I definitely do think it's too much. Okay. How about from our black man, what do you think? I mean, I agree with everything that's been said. I, I think, obviously, it's not the, the right stage for that. And I think even he won an award, so he could have gone up and said right. something when he was accepting his speech, but right. instead he got up and slapped Chris Rock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so not the right stage, but I think in general, um, 
it is a little too much in terms of all of these repercussions that are coming. I feel like he's getting a lot of heat for what he did. And um, he's kind of being silent too, but we haven't really heard his side of, uh, of things either. So I feel like if these things would give him an opportunity to speak instead of just shutting him down, that might be something that would be better, so. Thank you. Oh, oh we got another comment coming back, coming back. Coming back, coming back. I do want to say um, that I just feel bad for Venus and Serena, two black women that I feel like aren't really being talked about as much in the conversation because mm -hmm. this is the second time like their father's um, biography, King Richard, has won an award and it's been like overshadowed by someone doing something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like we need to also like uplift Venus and Serena, two very impactful black women right. in this conversation too. Yeah, that's so real, especially since King Richard was actually a very, very good film. Yeah, like great. Will Smith did deserve that Oscar and it's really sad to like, that all of that is being overshadowed by this like one really poorly chosen moment. Right. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna check it out on the flight back to Atlanta. I know Delta, they, you know, shout out to Delta if you have responses, <laughs> you know, but they got it on the listing, so I didn't get to check it out. Right. But thanks for that, because I never, I, I also didn't even think, because there's so many different people and perspectives that are being excluded from this experience, even outside of Will and Jada, that are, have been impacted. I mean, think about even the children that are watching the Oscars, you know, mm -hmm. black boys, you know, mm -hmm. that are internalizing this and saying, like, hey, this is how I react to the situation. I got to get gangster. I got to slap somebody in order to... Uh, create the response I needed to protect my woman, but that's not always necessarily the case. Sometimes protection comes in different ways, as was mentioned, maybe behind the scenes, or maybe you know, maybe you come out with your own special, or maybe you guys have a boxing match, you know, off of that, you know, at the like two, three weeks later, you know, get it back together at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. So, and this was also the first Oscar show that was produced by a black man. I'm sorry, oh, I don't remember his name right now, but this was kind of like yep. the quote unquote blackest Oscar, right? And for something like that to happen, like the Academy's gonna run with that and be like, oh, we can't have these black people running the show because yeah. like you see what happens. They wretched. <laughs> Although the same exact stuff happens with white people, but again, you right. know that the the magnifying glass is like on black people times a hundred. So like that's just really an unfortunate byproduct of this situation. So yeah, we do want to be yeah. respectful of your time because it is 4.56, but... Yeah, we, we really appreciate you guys coming out, you know, participating in the conversation. This is recorded, so you can hear yourselves back here, this conversation again, so it's going to be forever in SMA Presents the Lounge Memory, archived, stamped, whatever, and if you weren't already watching the show, I encourage you guys to, or it's not watching, but listening, well, it should be watching soon, because we wanted to hopefully transition to video soon, but like, if you guys aren't already listening to the podcast, we encourage you guys to do it because we talk about stuff like this all the time we are always talking about what's going on in the black world what's going on in the medical world what's going on in both the black medical worlds like it, it, we talk about a lot of stuff so we thank you guys once again that's our first in-person live show uh thank you for joining us for this amec edition of the lounge and tomorrow we will be recapping amec so far and discussing what we're looking forward to for the rest of the conference so please be sure to join us from 3 30 to 4 30 tomorrow as well and it will be happening in this very room so yes please join us and be sure to follow the snma on social media stay up to date on upcoming events and subscribe to our show the lounge which is available on all major podcast streaming platforms yeah and in case you won't know we release 
new episodes every month. So if you like what you heard, and I hope you like what you heard, I know you like what you heard. <laughs> so you'll definitely love the show. And we hope you pull up, continue to support us. We appreciate everybody that's here, but also everybody that will continue to support us and listen to us. You are part of us and we are part of you. And this is what this is about. This is SNMA. This is family. This is integration. This is elevation. This is innovation. This is everything that we've ever dreamed and inspired. And we hope that you continue to uh, join in this journey. So we see, we'll see y'all. We love y'all. Cherish y'all. One love. Yes. Put on the mic real quick. so far and also what y'all are looking forward to for the rest of this conference. So before every show, we do a little icebreaker so that we can get to know you know, each other a little bit better. And today we want to definitely engage the audience and get to know y'all a little bit better too. So this icebreaker is for all of us. The question is, what is your favorite travel destination and why? Or what is a place that you haven't been to but really want to go and why? So I can start first. My name is student Dr. Skenda. I am not one of the hosts of the podcast. I usually be behind the scenes as the executive producer, but I am filling in today for one of our hosts, Erica, who unfortunately cannot make it today. So one of my favorite travel destinations has been Tulum. I went there for my 25th birthday, and it was honestly just such a vibe. Yeah, I just went with some close friends who are actually in the audience. As well Shout as out to cousin. the besties. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ow. Ow. Yeah, so we just it was very relaxing, you know. We went to Cenotes, took cute pictures, and it was just a vibe, you know, like it's not always running around. So I really appreciated that. How about y'all? Uh, I'm I'm student Dr. Aldwin. Nice to meet everybody. Uh, is it is it can you can you hear me? Okay. Uh, student Dr. Aldwin, Bronx Neurodeo, Enriching Doc BX, Student Dr. Poppy. You know, that's all my, you know, monikers. <laughs> you know, at me like that. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> I would say my favorite spot, like I went to DR uh, about like four months ago, and it's very cheap to have fun. I'll say that. So I love DR, and I love, like, the, the water's clear, like, the, the people are beautiful. Like, I even have business ideas just off of, off of going and traveling. There's a spot down there, it's called uh, Mr. Grill, and they have a, uh, um, a car wash, barbershop, and then outdoor lounge. So think about it, you pull up to the spot, get your car wash, get your lineup, and then your shorty just meets you right there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> hey everyone, I'm student Dr. Isabella. Um, so my favorite, so I've been, I'm, I'm a big traveler, I love to travel, but I would have to say that my favorite would probably be the St. Thomas, I've been there twice. I went twice when I was an undergrad, it was more so like a mission trip type thing for uh, spring break, but I always love it, it's a good vibe because it's just, it's different over there. Everyone's just relaxed. The weather is great. Like, there's always something to do. People are always, like, in an enjoyment type of mood. And that's my natural vibe. So, yeah. 
that would be my favorite vacation spot. But okay, so without further ado, we're just gonna get into. Oh, sorry, Sandra, where are you going? Oh, they have to say it too. Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah we're, we're making this interactive. Yeah, yeah. Our audience. Yes, yes. Yeah, you're right. Wow, you know what I'm Don't saying. Don't be silent on the mic. Yeah, so you guys yes. go ahead and yes. tell us. So please, when you get on the mic, please give us your name, what school you're coming from, and what year you are. All right. What's up, everybody? My name is Real One. Uh, I am a fourth year at the University of Chicago. Um, and my travel destination I haven't been to yet, but we've been planning it since like 2012, something like that. <laughs> we've been saying we're going to go to Brazil for the longest, and eventually we will. Eventually we will. It's that student doctor, the loans, you know what I mean? Yeah. And all that yeah. ain't going to work. Brazil is fire. Y'all yeah. should definitely make it out there. So I'm the worst person to ask this question because I haven't traveled anywhere outside or indoor. I don't know. That's the thing. Like I wouldn't even know where I want to travel, but I do know that my friends um, are scheduling like a, a fourth year Greece trip for graduating. Y'all got money. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let me. <laughs> <laughs> On my trip 2024. Okay. <laughs> um, here, my name is Annie. I go to Meharry Medical College, and I don't know. I've been feeling Singapore. It just gets expensive. Ooh, yeah. so, okay. Maybe That's four. Yeah, nice. Going to Singapore, you know, ball It's now. <laughs> What's your insta? Let us know. Anybody there? A N N I E B O D Y. Then there. <laughs> nice. Thank okay. you. Annie, thanks, everybody. All right. So now we're gonna get into our recap. So, what are some things that y'all have been enjoying? Yeah, so unfortunately, I'm here in the middle of my clerkship year, so I have been studying intermittently because I'm not trying to, you know, play myself. But the little things I've gone to, uh, we went to. Uh, so yes, so yeah, yeah. Actually, no. Today we went to the luncheon, so that's one. Everyone was there, so I expect that everybody has an opinion about the luncheon. Um, oh, wait. Then we went to. Wait, where did you go to again, Aldwin? Aldwin's been doing all the DO events, so anything DO, Aldwin's been there. I personally, I'm not the best represent, you know, representative of what's going on, because I've been, I've been busy. But I can speak busy on the luncheon. Busy doing what? Is, I've been studying, <laughs> but I've also been. Oh, but I can talk about the nightlife. <laughs> <laughs> right, busy. I've been to one. I went to the night in the city. That was fun. Um, would I go? I don't know if I want to go to another big thing again. That was just a lot. It was giving like undergrad PTSD, but it was, it was you know it was it was nice. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I've been out to. But I don't know if I'm like a, a great represent like representative. Of what's going on? So go ahead. Yeah, I feel um, for me like yesterday I moderated a panel for a neurology and I really enjoyed that because it's, you know, our future is uh, the youth is our future. And just even being inspired by the two neurologists that were on panel with me, we had a child neurologist and uh, um, a cognitive behavioral neurologist. And I've never met a black woman that's a cognitive behavioral neurologist. So to be in that seat and be able to like talk to her, she was speaking directly into me and feeding me the energy and encouragement that I need as I progress toward residency. So that was great and dope to do. Um, obviously today, you know, we had the luncheon. I think uh, we had an incredible speaker in Dr. Cameron. Cameron Webb, as some of you may or may not know, um, you know, he ran for Congress and he's, you know, he sits on the uh, Biden Coronavirus Task Force, JDMD. And for me, like, just to be able to see that and highlight his challenges and him being so transparent with us, because I feel like in medicine, like, we have this perfection of what medicine is like. Like, we got to get 
grade like A's on on our exams. Like we gotta get honors and on our on our shelves and our, and and like have a standard. You know what I'm saying? Like a really high standard to excel all the time. And sometimes being on 100 is cool, but being on 100 all the time that is not what life is about. Life is about challenging yourself, but also acknowledging that you are empowered to do what you want and how you want it. And sometimes perseverance is the most important things despite the failures that you may experience. So I really love that, uh, that, that talk. And then um, another event that um, we'll be hosting tomorrow, if you guys are interested in pulling up any pre-meds in the building. Okay, well, it don't matter. Well, of okay. course, Andine, you'll be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but tomorrow, so I, I'm also one of the osteopathic committee co-chairs. So tomorrow we are having an osteopathic breakfast at 8.30 a.m. Um, my MD counterparts in here, y'all can pull up. Um, it's just to, you know, celebrate osteopathy. Uh, we have our uh, CEO of the AOA, which is the American Osteopathic Association, giving our keynote talk. So if you want to learn more about osteopathy, pull up. We also will be having a DO speed dating event where you'll be able to, not an actual speed dating event because people's like oh the O's right I bet mad people's looking like oh yeah having a speed dating event but uh it's we're gonna have deals like physicians that are in different fields and they're gonna um essentially inspire uh, um, pre-meds and medical students. We have anesthesiologists coming through. We have a former national president of SNMA, Dr. Uh, Daniel Ward, who was the first DO president uh, three, four years ago, uh, who was a plastic surgery resident currently speaks. So again, it's not just for DOs, also for MDs as well, for you guys to uh, establish a network. And then we also have an OMT workshop. So if anybody's interested in osteopathic manipulative techniques, we use our hands to treat many conditions such as constipation, pedal edema. We even have a technique for uh, uh, hiccups as well. So if you want to pull up and learn more about osteopathic medicine, I suggest uh, you pull up and show some love. We appreciate your support. Wait, wait, can I? Okay, sorry guys. I forgot. I went to um, one other thing yesterday. I went to uh, <laughs> the Sowing Seeds specialty event on Ortho, and there was a lot of different Sowing Seeds events, so I'm pretty sure people probably went to other ones for different specialties, but that was actually really great. The turnout was amazing, and the panel was really like it was a mix of residents a mix of attendings and they really kind of gave the perspective as to how they entered the field like different avenues that you could take to make your application like competitive so I just think that like you know to those who went to any specialty series hopefully you guys got a lot out of that because I did um, yeah so that's wanted to put that in there because I, I did go to more than more than one um, event nice yeah so some of the things that I've attended, you know, been busy running around just like y'all, but uh, today I actually had a chance to go to the National Hair Talk. So there were some black women physicians on the panel who spoke about, you know, their journey with their natural hair and just speaking about, you know, how they've kind of, you know, rectified like professionalism as we consider it in these like, predominantly white spaces and like navigating their natural hair. So it was awesome to like see them come together and like all you know hear their stories and like support each other in that way that was cool i also did go to the president's luncheon it was dope um to hear the speaker you're right he was super inspiring i also thought it was really dope to see the new president get sworn in yeah. and they did their you know traditional you know sitting on the stool and that was really special and i thought it was awesome that they also did that for dr asase oboe 
who was the immediate past president, obviously due to the pandemic, was not able to have that experience. So I think that was something that was really special to witness. Yeah, and then, you know, something that, it's not really an event, but it's going on all throughout AMAC that I've been to is actually the professional exhibit fair. So, you know, during this time, there are two separate exhibits, one for pre-medical students to get connected with medical schools, and then one for medical students to get connected with residency programs. And so I just think that's a really great opportunity to network and learn more about different specialties, even beyond some of the events going on at AMAC. So would definitely recommend that y'all hit that up if you have not been there yet they're usually running till 6 p.m. every day uh, downstairs uh, near the ballroom so yes check that out but now we want to engage y'all as an audience and ask you guys yeah. what your favorite events so far have been at AMEC and why all right so I'm gonna just go around with the mic and hear from a couple of y'all okay <laughs> so I go, go through. yes what's your question yeah. oh wait Oh, why? why? See, also, I asked you that same fire. question. She popped in. This seat is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was actual like speaking event, so I actually read the paragraph. But I yeah. thought it would be I thought it was a really cool idea for just black professionals to be able to meet counterparts that look right. like them and actually kinda like, you know, mingle right. in the sense of especially for like the same people. So I was wondering why you guys didn't turn it into an actual speed date. I, I wanna know that too, Aldo. I mean I, I think, you know, the the concept was to allow networking to happen in place and for for deals, oftentimes people think that we're not in com competitive places and we have various people in various positions that represent that so we want to change that dynamic and demystify what it means to be a DO but I'm a, uh, a hard, uh, Amex in Hartford next year and I'm going to neurology residency in, at UConn so I'll be in Hartford so that is something that we'll manifest next year uh, so thank you for that recommendation <laughs> Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is also an Amex singles group me. There is? <laughs> For real? Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's called Amex. It's called Amex. 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 They changed the makers. Yo, like, add, yo, like, add, you know. yo, Skinda, add me. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, Aldi. All right, so yeah, let's hear from some of our audience members with something that you have enjoyed at Amex so far and why. Uh... Isaiah Brown, uh, first year in Chicago. Um, not necessarily an event, but just like running into like all my friends from other schools. Just keep up with the application process. It's been really cool. Like connecting to different like friend groups, basically, and having everybody meet each other has been really, really dope. So. Yeah, that's like my yeah, favorite really part. Fun, like, yeah. I went to AMAC in Philly in 2019, and um, you know, I was a second year or second year med student, and there's people there that I met that they were like residents then, and now there's fellows. They're fellows now. There's people that when I went in, uh, to New Orleans in 2016 that they still inspire me. Even when I was walking the hallway here, there was two doctors that I know. One of them is on a podcast as well, very popular podcast, and the the other person she does like branding and media marketing for physicians. So I hadn't seen them ever in person. So it's just so dope, like you said, to actually connect with people on the interview trail or wherever. And these are people that are lifelong friends or lifelong um, wives or husbands that you're going to be meeting at the end of the day. So cherish this experience because it's very special. Yeah. 
Dude, what, can you specify the why? What do you mean the wives and the husbands part? People finding their husbands oh, oh, and wives. Okay. I got a little hope is lifelong. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I agree. Answer. I've like seen a lot of people. Uh, I've seen people that I like. I saw my friend who I did an internship with this past summer. That was crazy. I saw my friend from undergrad or yeah, no, high school actually. So you see a lot of different people. It's like a great way to connect with everyone again. So that's really cool. <laughs> Hi everyone, my name is Ade. I'm a fourth year medical student at Brown. Um, one of the external affair chairs, so super happy to be here because the lounge was, you know, the EAC baby and <laughs> you guys are killing it. So oh. super happy to be here. I would say, uh, I guess Skenda wants me to talk about this, but <laughs> <laughs> this is also a highlight for me. Uh, I spoke at a uh, talk yesterday on advocacy and art about my documentary and my process as a photographer and documentary filmmaker, um, you know, using those as a means of health advocacy. It was well attended, which was great, because I was like, oh, are people going to come? Uh, but it was a packed room, so I'm really happy about that. And um, it's great to see the lounge also evolving through AMEC um, and becoming you know, a large part of the SNMA. So thank you all for being here. Stop being modest. This this woman right here, 40 under 40 right here. She's Forbes. She's killing the game, man. Thank, shout out to you. And I was so disappointed we couldn't attend that yeah. event. Actually, it was like the the next room over. And all we heard was just claps. And yeah, it was like, fire. So we, we were always feeling the energy, you know? So. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Except for our room only had seven people, but you know. Nah, I mean, people got a lot. Keep it real. So I keep it real. Evolving, right? We are evolving. Okay. We got people here, and I'm celebrating everybody that's here. Exactly. <laughs> All right, I'll hear from one other person. What is an event that you've attended so far that you've enjoyed, and why? Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Kyra. I am a second year at American University of Antigua. Um, I have actually really enjoyed House of Delegates. I know that huh. that's not something that people usually enjoy. You different. Um, <laughs> um, but I think it's been really interesting to just see like really the behind the scenes of what happens in SNMA. Mm -hmm. And like we just get to see the programming part, but we don't get to really interact with the business part as much. And so I actually really enjoyed getting to hear from the candidates today and excited to vote tomorrow. Mm. That's by, awesome. By the way, speaking of that, if you're interested um, as well, and we need more leaders, you you guys are all the future of SNMA, and speaking to that, you know, you should consider running for a position, especially if you're interested in the HOD, being the Speaker of the House would be something that may be something that you're interested in running for, or a parliamentarian. We also have our internal affairs um, chairs that are potential positions that you could run for, so stay in tune with that. Yeah, and you know, we've already kind of talked about some of the things that are coming up in the next couple of days, but I was wondering if y'all specifically had any sessions that you were looking forward to uh, tomorrow or any, you know, other extracurricular events that yeah. you were going to attend that you were looking forward to. Um, for me, I'll give something that's, you know, on the schedule. Um, as a graduating fourth year student, something that I've been thinking about a lot is my finances because, you know, I'm going to have to start paying loans soon and <laughs> figuring out my life. And I know that I'm not the only person in that boat. Um, but there are a couple financial literacy sessions happening tomorrow. So I'm going to definitely try to hit one of those up. 
Yeah. How about you all? Do you have anything that you're like particularly interested in? Oh. Um, I'm looking forward to studying once again, but I'm also looking forward to. Um, I'm sorry, like guys. I'm so like I'm I'm bearing the stress for the sake of the event and the sake of the podcast, but it's it's definitely there. Um, but I'm looking forward to the suturing. Oh, I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, that was me getting vulnerable. Um, but I think I'm. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the suturing event because I think that will be like a nice way to kind of brush up on that because I am interested in something surgical. So that'll be like a cool thing to do. Um, there's the gala, which I know everybody should be attending. If you're not planning to go, you should go. That'll be really fun. Everyone's gonna come dressed up. Um, it's just, yeah, it's gonna be kind of like a luncheon, but I think like more catered towards the fourth year. So we want to celebrate the fourth years who matched as well as who's graduating. So that'll be a great event to turn up to. I think, is there something else? That I was looking at on the schedule. Uh, the HBCU. Oh, yeah, so the HBCU event. Why choose a. Yeah, like why choose the HBCU medical school? I think that was great. Andine actually ended up going to that. And oh, that's it was, cool. Yeah, that, were, that already happened. Oh. She went to that. That was really cool. I went to an HBCU for undergrad. I went to Howard. So, like, that always hits close to home. So, I would always encourage anyone to apply if they want to apply to that. But for tomorrow, I think that was the main stuff I was planning to go to because, like I said, I was getting my life together. But maybe I'll go to more. Oh, yoga seems pretty cool. Yes. Maybe I'll go to Namaste. Yeah, maybe I'll go to yoga. <laughs> position. So, yeah, that's about it. Oh, I have, I have oh. something. Oh, okay, sorry. Tonight, y'all ready for that 90s party? Everybody in here, y'all going? Nah, what's the vibes looking like? How y'all feeling <laughs> after last night? <laughs> Sleep? No, that's what I'm looking for, huh? What, 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 what was wrong what with yesterday? yesterday? That was yeah, give us a tea. Was, too, give, pass like the mic. too many heads? Pass on me the mic. Yeah. Yeah. Let her yes, speak. I'm hearing that. I want to hear your truth. Too much last night. <laughs> right. Share. Yeah, what you was doing? <laughs> <laughs> right. well, I enjoyed it, but I think... It was very over capacity. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to go out, you want to enjoy yourself. At the same time, you want to still have fun. But, you know, a lot of the guys out there was a little gropey, gropey. Oh. Um, oh, nah. <laughs> that's, that's wild. But um, I, don't, I don't think right now um, I'm interested in going out for Does anyone have a counter argument to what Andine is saying? How did you guys feel about going out? Can we can we can we target the guys? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, Jay Z, um, fourth year medical student at the University of Chicago. Uh, I thought the party last time was pretty good. (laughs) 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 I wasn't part of that grumpy grumpy. Minutes, but, yeah, um, that ain't it. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about God that. Will, um, <laughs> nah, yeah. Right. Yes, it is Good Friday, so you know. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, true. point them out that's so we true. can get them hands on them. I thought we already talked about the hands and everything with Will Smith, and oh. we're not gonna we're not recounting that conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, somebody wants us to run it. Someone wants us to run it back. Run, run, the run it back, huh? We talked about that way too much. We, we, yeah, we went into it yesterday yes so you know i actually think that the 
osteopathic manipulations technique thing you're talking about is very cool. Like I know that as an MD, like we really don't get exposure don't do that, to yeah. that kind of training, but I think it's like really important to yeah. be able to provide that for patients. And so I definitely will see if I can make that out to that. Yeah, pull up. Actually, ten uh, residency pro, ten uh, percent, excuse me, of residency programs have a osteopathic recognition. So, if you guys are interested in learning more about that, uh, certainly look out for those residencies. I know University of Minnesota, Min uh, Minnesota, in their family medicine residency. Even if you're MD, you have an osteopathic manipulative technique course that you take during your residency program, and you actually have to do clinical hours throughout your three years there. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I think oftentimes, like, people, it's like, again, it's like a mystery. What is being a DO and what is, like, the manipulative techniques that we do? So it's a, it's a beauty because it's a toolkit that you're able to just utilize. Even if not on your patients, you could use it on family members, you know, uh, different techniques, like for people that have muscle spasms, people with fibromyalgia. Like, there's so many different conditions, and I feel, especially in society today, we, we just used to giving medications, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have a heart attack, you have a beta block. Or whatever you know what I mean but how about also on the holistic side what is that mental state right if someone has chronic back pain for 25 years and if I treat that chronic back pain then thus I can reduce the amount of anxiety or depression that they have right so you're changing so many different outcomes and being aware and tune with that yeah it's definitely important thank you so I guess more in terms of like I guess extracurricular activities outside of you know the conference goings on you know i heard there was a pool party yesterday did anybody attend that has anybody been taking advantage of the amenities there is a pool in the hotel it's open until midnight so you know <laughs> we're not telling you to go but yes we're, we're telling you to go, we're telling you to go. <laughs> but you know you are in orlando florida it's nice outside you know there's multiple pools in the resort so take golf course too yes there's also a golf course that you can access for free the gym is not free but what? the golf course is free I don't make know it make why. sense. That's not <laughs> sense in at all. That's why. Yeah. Oh, Florida people. Oh, what part of Florida are you from? My family lives in Tampa. Oh, period. I'm from Miami. Okay. South Florida. I'm talking Florida yet. Nobody else can though. But yes, um, definitely make sure to like take um, advantage of all the amenities inside the resort. There's a ton of nice restaurants in the area, the pool, there's a fitness center and a spa. So, you know, if you got it like that, get yourself a little massage, you know what I'm saying? Relax and, and just enjoy the conference. So I guess kind of outside of our um, AMAC recap, Oh, one other thing I wanted to plug is tonight there is a vibe and paint going on uh, from 6.30 to 9.00. So if you want to like flex your creativity a little bit, be around other black people, just, you know. Enjoy liquor. And having a yeah. Good time. That's, that's yeah, so enjoy good. liquor. I don't know if there's Yeah, enjoy whatever party. that is. <laughs> Yes, and the paint vibe is free, unlike a lot of the other extracurricular events. Um, did anyone go out to the silent party yesterday? <laughs> Crickets. You did? All right. 
Socializing. See, Alvin's been to everything so far. Yes, so, I love socializing, yeah. as you guys may or may not know. But um, that was dope. Like, there was probably 50, 60 people there. They had three different um, stations that you could tune in. So it was cool. You see people, if they got red on and it's soca, Afro beats, and another, the, the other color was like rock or something like that. I don't know. I don't remember. But I was like, once I heard, I was like, I'm dropping that. Mm -hmm. And then the other joint was like rap, hip hop, like 90s and 2000s. So mm -hmm. it was cool just seeing everybody. And it's just weird. You walk in there and then you take off the the actual headphones and it's like uh, people's like <laughs> in, a, in a quiet room you know yeah. so I, I really loved it um my, my boy pulled up with me too so um it was it was dope it was a dope 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 event and i, I employ you guys if you can to even if you don't feel like you're going out i think it's still an opportunity to network one of my models is every day i want to meet somebody new which I, and you see me, she be walking with me in the hallways here. I just say hello to random people. Mm -hmm. He's like, why do you do that? Like, I'm like, because you never know who is that person that could change your life. Mm -hmm. you know? I got blessed just off of me, even on Instagram. Me, I, I projected into the universe what I needed. On Instagram, I posted that I needed help with getting my U World questions, you know what I mean? So a doctor actually hit me up and cashed at me like $400, you know what I'm saying, off wow. of projecting that. So I'm just saying that to say, like, project your desires into the universe, into the people that are here. Pour yourself into this experience because you never know. This is not, this may not happen again for a little while, obviously, with AMAC being next year. So celebrate and cherish, and uh, I celebrate and cherish each and every one of you. I mean, I appreciate you guys for pulling up. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful way to end things. Um, I don't know if you have any other final thoughts, Isabella. Um, no. Yeah, this is this has been great. It, it's, this is like really supposed to be a space where you guys can talk about, you know, whatever you guys are looking forward to, either tomorrow, what you've liked, and we could have a conversation. But if you don't think that's what you want to do, then I have a conversation I want to have. Oh, well, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's a free for all. I mean, we're yeah. not scripted, so we, this is very much. We were. Yeah. Huh? I guess like uh, touch off of what you were. Uh, oh yeah. Do you think? Oh yeah. Very yeah. good. So Darren Boss, um, rising M uh, M four uh, Indiana School of Medicine. Um, just a, just just to touch off of uh, learning the osteopathic uh, manipulations, and I think. I think it's somewhat important, even though like we're all kind of going into different fields, the fact that we recognizing that we may be the only physicians, right, Correct. in our communities, in our uh, families, right, in our social groups. So even though I'm interested in going into psychiatry, but somebody is going to ask me about uh, maybe a heart condition, maybe Correct. some, uh, they got a muscle strain, because they know that you're a doctor, so they expect you to know what's going on with them so i think it's, it's always kind of important and kind of a burden that we bear that we do have to make sure that we broaden what we what we know about yeah. all of medicine right not just mm -hmm. kind of focusing on my specialized mm -hmm. um, love that on my specialized stuff so yeah yeah that was a great take yeah, yeah. yeah. i think nah. there's is a lot of pressure actually like to know everything I'm just like, wow, like, I really wish I could not care about this, but I should care about it because it could come in handy, like, in the future if someone needs me to know about it, especially if I have the privilege to have know that information. So I completely agree. I think that's a great point. Yeah, yeah I love, like, again, like, that holistic perspective, just seeing things from a 
outside box, you know, um, not every, as you'll, you'll, you've seen on rotations, like not every patient fits like a picture perfect. This person mm -hmm. has again fibromyalgia or has stroke, like every individual is different in the way they represent a disease, but also in the way that they project themselves on to you and communicate. So having that receptiveness and being open to other options is really good. You know? um, but I do have a topic that I wanted to bring up. Which, is it gonna be messy? Yeah, it's gonna not really <laughs> messy, but it might be a little messy. Uh, we were talking earlier uh, to earlier today with someone in the audience. I'm not gonna point her out, but um, she says <laughs> black men are well, men are trash. And oh wait, God. okay, hold on, wait. Let's, huh? let's not. Let's let's not. I think you. Refer, I don't think she phrased it like that. I think she said black men cheat. No, they don't. Sorry. Yeah. There you go. Oh, Yo. oh wait. Hold Generalizing everybody, you can't say just like. I remember. Oh, black men don't cheat. There you go. I said I was gonna make it spicy. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to get at you though. I wasn't. Yo, I wasn't trying to get at you though. All right, hi everyone. My name is Lena. Um, so I'm not saying black men don't cheat, but I'm saying they don't. Not all black Stop men. Stop lying. They don't. Black man who does not cheat. So I, you know, oh. can do that with confidence. Okay. I think. Um, well, oh my God. <laughs> so I okay. So I think the the question here wasn't like, is this a sweeping statement of who cheats or who doesn't? It's more so, can we bring acknowledgement to black men cheating? Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. I think. Let's just give the audience a little bit of context, okay? So yeah, my bad. <laughs> I just I went straight into it. Yeah, I really she, straight into it. Hit me, you know, hit my chest. So you know, when I heard that, we were talking about the rumors that ASAP Rocky cheated on Rihanna. Oh. Yeah, I know, it is right? Rihanna. It's not like, Rihanna. Why, Thank you for that. Why oh, would it's you Rihanna. do that? It's Rihanna. Exactly. What is going on? You know. And our audience member was like, "I believe that because men cheat." Women cheat too. Let's not let's not neglect that as a option. Huh? I I've mistaken several words. Right. So is there any like man in this room who has a like has a besides Aldwin like who has a rebuttal to that like in terms of this like do you guys think it's become like a like a generalizable kind of thing to all men, or do you think that we're talking about a specific subset of people when we say that? Mm. It's going to pass the mic. Go. Is the statement is the concept that men are expected to cheat? Yes. I, no, I like that question. Wait, what are you no, no, I like for? the question. That's oh, okay. what I'm saying. Not like, yeah. that's an exception. Oh. No, I mean, if, I'm saying if your response to uh, ASAP Rocky cheated on Rihanna is that I believe it because men cheat then is the implication that in any relationship, you can almost anticipate that a man is going to cheat. Mm. Like, Great question. Know, that's a clarifying that's question. I don't know who made the statement, but I'm just trying to <laughs> We don't know who made the statement either. <laughs> <laughs> but our audience don't look at my like eyes. respond. Yeah. Yeah. Any responses yes. to that, guys? Or anybody. No, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I guess I'll say, like, from my perspective, I don't think it's that, like, you anticipate that a man is going to cheat in a relationship, but I also wouldn't not anticipate <laughs> She's trying to be careful. Now, let's get messy. Now, keep it 100. Let's get messy. Like, huh? have you ever cheated? Uh, is that a relevant question? Yeah. To <laughs> that is a very relevant question. That is a very relevant question. 
to the question. Right. <laughs> Yo, you put yourself in the box. I don't have to answer that. I'm not swearing oaf. I don't got it. I don't got to tell us to testify. Exactly. I'm gonna plead the fifth. Just like when I stop when I get stopped by cops. I just I don't say that. I'm plead the fifth. Silence. That your your silence is Let them assume. Let them assume. I ain't in bed with nobody in here. Let them let them assume. Right? So <laughs> I didn't say I cheated or not, though. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I got you. All right, we got, we got an audience response. So, with my thing is, you just not to roll the dice and hope you don't cheat. That's <laughs> but I think it doesn't really necessarily have to do with who, like, black men or anything like that. I think it's more about how how much does he respect you and res respect women in general? I think that's a more um, important factor that influences that. And I think it's sometimes seen in the black community that black men do not respect their women right. um, more often. So I think that's more of an influencing factor, not just because you know it's a black dude or something like that. But you know, speaking to that, yesterday we talked about, um, you know, um, how do black men support black women? Get away from the cheating side. You know, we talked a little bit too much about that. But no, we're still there. We're still there. Don't you? Yeah. We haven't left it yet. You can, you can respond, but we're still we're still on the cheating topic. <laughs> but I think that I think it's important to also understand, like, really, like, how do we support black women? You know, like, what what are what is our roles as black men? Like, how do we uplift our queens? You know, as kings, at the end of the day. Um, like, what are your thoughts on that? You know, especially for our women in the audience. Because he brought up respect, and I was like, I do appreciate you using that word respect, integrity, right? How do we acknowledge that, and how do we accomplish those goals? And kind of just to go on that, like, so I played football in college, and it was always amazing when, when women would come up to me, and they're like, oh, like, oh, you like black women? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, like, and it, it always it shocked me because, like, well, I mean, yeah, why wouldn't I? But then I look at a lot of my teammates, I'm like, well. Yeah. <laughs> right. But like, is that is that a, is that a common thing for like a lot of women to like nope. to see black athletes and? Very, very common. Like, very common. But I think it's because of the way media portrays oh, athletes. No, no, no. Like, it's not, it's oh, not a media it's thing. Just, it's, I think, I think it's a media not thing. not exclusive to athletes. I think especially in recent years, there's been a very heavy emphasis on black women not being the preference. Right. And if you look at, like, there's a, a, a situation. I don't want to get too much into it. Like, there's a situation going on with a man that just passed away. Yeah, yeah. We talked about this. Yeah. He, like, made it very clear that black women were not his preference. But now we're being called in to support him after the fact when I don't he wanted that. nothing to do, to do with us when yeah. he was alive. Right. So, like, I think it's, it's not necessarily just restricted to athletes, but in recent times, it has just been a very clear preference for everybody but black women. Mm -hmm. See, I'm going to have to budge on that because... Nope. 
it's, it shows, you know, like at least everybody in my circle, and again, everyone has their own particular preference, but all my boys that I know, they date only black women. And I only date black women. That's my personal preference. I love everybody. But at the end of the day, even statistics have shown that close to 85 to 90% of black men end up marrying a black woman. Wait, which statistic? Can you point? I'll, I'll pull it up. Okay. Yeah. Up but, yeah up okay. High yield. Okay. High yield. Okay. But the reason why I'm saying that stat is because I see it in my own life, and I know a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? So I, it's not even like, I, I, I know it's anecdotal, but from the perspective of us, like we, we can't have that standard of black men are always dating outside like but I think it's I, I think there's like, truth to not, it that's the problem like I think since like I don't think it's truth well, at all it's because media portrays we see these like you said athletes and again it's their preference but of course that is one sub select group of people athletes don't make up all black even, men even right? in my even so in my school I mean I'm not, I don't want to like put anybody out there but like, even school. in school like you see yeah. black men like and it doesn't even have to just be white people it could be brown people like Indians yeah. like just not black Black. Like you can, you can be kind of ethnic. You can be kind of like, you know, have a little flavor. But you just, as long as you're not black, like you fit that bubble. And I feel like we don't talk about that enough because we don't like. I feel like by talking about it, it doesn't increase the desirability of black women. Like it, it doesn't do anything in that point. Like you, pr you prefer what you prefer. But at the same time, it's like if we're in these spaces and we're supporting black men. And they're not stepping up to the ones you're dating aren't stepping up to the table. You kind of have to think about that a little bit more. So, so you bring up desirability. So what do you think, um, what is your perspective on black women's desirability? I, my, my perspective doesn't matter because I'm not the one choosing black women, right? It's, it's your, your, your subgroup, <laughs> your community. You got my man <laughs> in the back. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I've heard some comments about this discourse, like black women not coming to the support of this black man for his beliefs. Right. <clears throat> and everybody has their right to do whatever they want to do. Like, 100%. I'm not saying, like, everybody needs to be this, like, altruistic, like, yes. saint. But at the same time, I believe that a lot of people in this room stand by Black Lives Matter. Right. Like, point blank, PBE, no qualifications there. So should it matter what this man's opinions, beliefs, perceptions were prior to his death? I mean, he died. He was like savagely, brutally killed, right. and no justice has been sought. And so, I get that he offended a lot of people by his comments. But we say Black Lives Matter. Like, it shouldn't matter what he had to say beforehand. And that's my two cents on that. I think that's a great point. Like, I think that Black Lives definitely do matter, and like we we stand on that. I'm, I'm gonna push you just a little bit, just a little bit, because I do think that like as Black women, we're also our own like entity, and I feel like sometimes if we don't say that, they kind of lump us in this one group, and then we don't get mm. we don't get seen in the way that we're also unique, because we're we're both women and we're Black. So that's in itself super minoritized, in addition to just being Black. So if you just say, oh, like black people it kind of then continues to push us out of the picture because we're already kind of like very much invisible in that space so that's i'm that's how i'm pushing back on you but i do agree with what you're saying now nah, push back bro I don't, I don't disagree with that, by the way. Like, I definitely I, I appreciate and respect the question, like, how can black men support black women? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that 
you brought up a lot of important points there. What I'm trying to say is, what was being expressed earlier, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that black women, and I'm not saying any, I'm not saying this is the case, but I'm saying that this is what was expressed. Mm. Black women are not coming to the support of this black man because he has some disgusting views on, you know, black women as a whole. And I'm saying, I, I just think that you can like compartmentalize it. Like you can still address the fact that, you know, I don't agree with what you said. I don't stand by that. That right, was, right. you know, filthy. Mm-hmm. Right. At the same time, recognize I'm like, yo, your black life matters. Right. Like you deserve justice. Your family yeah. deserves justice. Right. Like, you were murdered. Right. Right. Correct. Um, so I don't disagree with that. I think we do need to have more conversations and explore this topic. Mm-hmm. But the whole like black woman not coming to his aid because he said X Y Z. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. You do what you want to do, but I I think it's more like, I think it's more, not necessarily like that black women like aren't supporting this man. I think it's just like people are saying to black women, like you need to support this man. Like after he clearly like did not want anything to do with us. So it's like, why am I being added to the group chat after all of this stuff happened? Like, you know, I I do feel like it is wrong for anyone to like, you know, celebrate the harm of another person. And like, hopefully nobody is doing that regardless of what has happened in the past. But I do think that it's like for this white woman to have killed this black man and then for people to be like, black woman, like, why aren't you coming to the support of this guy who had like nothing, who wanted nothing to do with you? It's like, okay, like why, why are we always expected to like support people who don't support us, if that makes sense, you know? Like, it's like that expectation, like no one is giving space for black women to like step back and be like, you know, this was tragic, but this is also like not really my problem. That's it. I really do wish we could have more engaging and dynamic conversation with y'all because, you know, all been really open. You know, I like getting spicy. I like it. You always got to open up the can of worms. It's a little spicy, but, you know, please continue to have these conversations amongst yourself. Please continue to, like, connect with other people, you know, outside of your school, your region, like your cohort of friends, whatever, because that's really what AMEC is about, making new connections, having these conversations, and, you know, really just, like, solidifying your values and ideals moving forward so you know thank you all for joining us for this session we really appreciate you know your engagement and participation and you know we are available on all streaming platforms so please follow sma presents the lounge we release a new episode every friday and please give a wonderful round of applause to our awesome hosts out here Looking great. And we hope you enjoy the rest of the conference, okay, y'all? And make sure you share with your brother, daughter, sister, father-in-law, and make sure you don't leave a comment, subscribe, show love, and we on the up and up, you know. So again, thankful for your presence today. We appreciate you, and it's all—it's always so encouraging to see faces and uh, hear your voices because you allow us to be uplifted and be in this position where we empower to continue to preach our own specific message, but also preach the good of SNMA. Yeah. Yeah.